1: Oh, my, we got a lot of things going on, but I want to cover three things right away. Number one, the books have arrived. (laughs) Crime proof. Think like a criminal and beat them at their own game. Effective Monday. What's that? The 7th? The day before the primaries, you can pick your books up at the range, and we will start shipping the books Monday, June 7th. If you order today, we will still honor as a pre-order and autograph them for you. Any orders after the 7th, not so much. You're going to get them autographed, so thank you all for your support. Tens of thousands of books got delivered, and many thousands of books have been sold already. It's been phenomenal. So I want to thank everybody for their support. I'm going to start doing book signings at the range, and I will be available off-site to come to your place of business, facility, civic group, and do book signings. Donate a percentage to charity. Donate a percentage to your organization, whatever you want. Have your people reach out to my people. The next thing I want to discuss, Sandy, is Tuesday, the 8th, is the primary in New Jersey. Now, all the beating up that's going up online, I need to rectify something for people. It is a primary. (laughs) We talked about this last week. This
0: is so sad. We have to have this discussion.
1: Why are you splitting the vote and endorsing oh. Phil Rizzo? You should be endorsing Jack Chitterelli or Brian Levine, who I never heard of, or Hirsch Singh, who's run, run like, uh, what's his name, Lonigan. This is his 50th race that he right. lost, right? Yeah. Uh, the perennial loser right. is, is running again. It's a primary. We, we need to learn civics here. So we have four people running for the primary for the Republican Party to be governor. Jack Chitterelli, B-rated. I nicknamed him Flaccid Jack. Brian Levine, never filled that uh, NRA questionnaire. Phil Rizzo, A with a Q, and Hersh Singh, A with a Q. That means that they're rated A based on their questions and comments and social media posts and, and stuff, but they're a Q because they've never been in office, so it's questionable. Uh, I'm fully endorsing Phil Rizzo. After Tuesday, whoever wins the primary, hopefully it's Rizzo, I will endorse one hundred percent. So everybody out there trying, when I post, I'm I'm endorsing Phil Rizzo. People are like I'm not voting for him. I I'm not going to split the vote. I'm voting for Jack Chitterelli so he could beat Murphy. Well, we could get to that, but first it's called the primary. Primary is is primary like primary colors and primary. Primary means it comes first, and then whoever wins the primary. <laughs> gets the nod from the GOP and the backing and the more matching funds or whatever, and that person will run against Murphy. That's how an election works. So my endorsement for governor is Phil Rizzo. For state senate, Stephen Orojo, uh, uh, an incumbent from District 24, was given an A rating by the NRA. NRA endorsed. For state assembly, District 10, John Catalano and Gregory McGuckin, both A-rated. For District 12, Ronald Dancer and Robert Clifton, both a rated. For District 13, Serena Damaso and Gerald Scharfenberger, both a rated. For State Assembly, District 21, a friend of mine, Jennifer McCarr, M-A-K-A-R. Jennifer is running uh, as a Republican candidate in District 31. She's running against an incumbent who's a Republican, who's a D-rated. Give Jennifer your vote. She's our friend. For District 26, NRA has endorsed Betty Lou DeCroach and Jay Weber, both incumbents, both A-rated. For District 30, uh, NRA has endorsed Edward Thompson, A-rated. For District 39, our friend Robert Oth. Okay, these are the people that we need to back up, support those who support you. Again, this is a primary. Let's get these people in so that they can run in the general electric election in November. The next thing I want to talk about is uh, probably by Monday we will no longer have a governor in New Jersey. We will have a full fledged <laughs> anointed king. So. I Remember I talked about this before, but I'm old enough to remember when there was three branches of government. And the founders called that the balance of powers, right? Mm. So we have the executive branch, and we have the legislative branch, and then we have the judicial branch. And we have checks and balances to prevent one branch from overpowering the other two branches. And it's worked for about 240 years now. With flaws. Yes, with flaws. You know, well, gerrymandering and, you know, other things like that. Because human beings are human beings. Going to take advantage any way they possibly can. That's right. So what our legislators did in a party-line vote, two Democrats flipped. But all the other Democrats in the Assembly and the Senate passed these two bills in New Jersey. And what they did was Phil Murphy has relinquished a few of his executive orders and the legislature have given him permanent executive order powers. And what that does for them is (laughs) it takes their responsibility away from themselves, Sandy. So now they can't get blamed for anything. They can blame the, the lightning rod, the governor for everything. Right. So what little work the Democratic legislators did in New Jersey before is basically going to be negative 10 after this. <laughs> that's for sure. Okay? This is what what's going to happen. You know, Scott Wentworth sent me this. He goes, The king has declared a victory over the plague, and the peasants can thank him and science. At least that's how the executive order reads. It also mentions how he signed the assembly bill retaining his crushing thre- uh, throat hold over the third tier, okay? So Murphy is going to keep certain powers, certain powers that were the legislatures, legislator's power uh, in their pocket as power that they gave in when he signed the executive orders, but it was only supposed to be temporary, 14 months was temporary, 15 months was temporary, but now the legislature told Murphy, well, you can keep a bunch of those emergency powers because we we never did anything before, but now we really don't want to do anything, okay? So Murphy, well, he can keep the current statewide masking rules. He also gets to keep a moratorium on evictions during any crisis. Okay, he can decide he can decide when and where you can evict somebody. He also gets to keep a moratorium on insurance companies canceling policies for those who don't pay. He also gets to keep a moratorium on utility shutoffs for those who don't pay. He gets to keep his powers over outdoor dining at restaurants. He has a requirement that healthcare facilities give the state daily data reports, and he has protocols that he controls at summer youth camps, and he's shielding federal stimulus payments from wage garnishment, so they can't take it out. So basically what he did was now, we basically were like Venezuela almost, and this is only the beginning, because once our legislators see, wow, this is pretty cool, we gave them a bunch of our power, and we're still getting our same perks and salaries and kickbacks and everything else like that. And it's always the governor that, you know, has these extra powers. So, you know what, we're kind of cool with that. And and we'll just leave it at that. So this is what happened. We're, we're, we're changing the balance now. Listen, we never quite had a balance anyway, because even like when Christie was governor for eight years, because we have a super majority in the Assembly and Senate, all Christie could do was hold the line by not signing stuff they put on his desk, right? But now, whenever you have a Democrat take over in the executive branch, he is basically the king of New Jersey now. Yeah,
0: exactly. The de facto king.
1: So he can pretty much do whatever he wants. And it's not going to stop there because the legislature, for other side deals and stuff, what they'll do is they'll continue to give him the power. What they forget is what are they going to do when a Republican wins? Then they're not going to have they they they, right. they like I don't understand right. how this works. I would never give up any of my power. No. In, in 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 the checks and right, would you give any no. of that? It because it's going to flip eventually. Right. What happened when Harry Reid got rid of the sixty vote majority? Uh, with the uh, with the Supreme Court nominees? Exactly. Look how it backfired. Right. Trump in four years got three Supreme Court nominees. He wouldn't have gotten one through right if he didn't break the filibuster. Was right. it the filibuster? What yep. was it? Yeah. If he didn't break the filibuster. So it's it's completely backwards. Okay? So it's completely backwards. But they gave it up. And guess what? Beautiful. Nobody cares, I guess. I see it withering away. You know, I just came back from Florida. It's amazing how Florida is spotless. And the infrastructure is so put together. And construction is so organized. Tracy and I land Friday. And we hit a rainstorm came through, and the Route 346 exchange had four feet of water. Jeez. We don't even know how to drain water in right. this state exactly. off of our highways. Right. Right. Okay, a basic fundamental. Remember, they tax us because the government builds and maintains the roads. Mm. When is the last time you saw a road maintained in New Jersey? The same construction's been going on on the 346 exchange for seven years now. Yeah, absolutely, yeah.
0: And, it's, it, and it doesn't. And all they did is destroy that diner, that was just past, uh, you know,
1: The Four Sisters Diner. Yeah, they built a bridge right in front of the right diner. Right in front of it. So you it. can't see the diner until you pass it.
0: They did the same thing with another landmark down in um, in South Jersey, Olga's Diner, which was there forever. And they they did the same thing: put a bridge, an overpass, right in front of the place, and absolutely destroyed it out of business was in business for almost 100
1: years yeah so our roads look around you know did you if you never heard of the squeaky door syndrome if you have a house and the door starts squeaking a little bit at a time you don't notice it you don't notice it you don't notice it but if you walk into somebody's house and their screen door is squeaking the first thing you see is you got to put oil on that it's annoying well in new jersey the same thing happens here the squeaky door syndrome tomorrow when you get in your car clear your head And when you're driving, wherever you're driving in New Jersey, tell me about the debris on the side of the road and the potholes and the patchwork that we deal with look around and look at how our roads are maintained look at how our bridges are crumbling and the rust is seeping through the concrete from the rebar inside the bridges new york and new jersey the two most taxed states in the nation (laughs) look at them i'm serious everything in our infrastructure is falling apart we don't have money for that we can't even have basic drainage
0: you go under most of the bridges or overpasses in these two states, and all you see is rust and sky.
1: I can't understand how people haven't died. I, exactly. From, right? I exactly. can't understand how people exactly. haven't died from from driving and a, and a bridge will just come down or something, you know. But you know what we're worried about in New Jersey? You know what we're worried about? This is what we do. Senator Pumpkinhead Menendez's son and three others named to Port Authority Board by the Senate. Oh you serious? Okay. Of, well, of course, this is how it works. A, a okay. Man who should be in jail. Yeah. And the Port Authority projects a $3 billion revenue loss by March of 22. <laughs> of course. <laughs> so nobody will miss a couple of hundred thousand dollars mm. each that they suck off the hind teeth of the right. Port Authority. You're right. Right? So this is what we do here. I, I want to know, it doesn't mention anything in the article, what Pumpkinhead son has done in his life yeah, to, to qualify him. To qua- correct. How does, it, how does he qualify? He's got
0: the same qualifications as uh, Joe Biden's son.
1: <laughs> Hunter. <yeah>. Hunter. <laughs> <laughs> I smoke Parmesan cheese out of a crack pipe.
0: <laughs> so that qualifies me to lead an international uh, uh What was it, Petroleum Company or something? (laughs)
1: Yeah, Burisma. Yeah, Yeah, The most corrupt company in the Ukraine. (laughs) He was on the board getting $88,000 a month. When his father left office, it went down to $50,000 a month. Now we just found out that Hunter Biden's mistress that he knocked up from a strip club in the Midwest somewhere (laughs) that he denied was his kid. He was paying insurance for her, and he paid for her insurance through one of his consulting firms until after she had the baby, and then he canceled her insurance. Guy. And it's his kid. <laughs> what a piece of shit. Garbage. Uh. Garbage. So here's another one. We have a state senator, Sandra Cunningham. Sandra B. Cunningham. She is an anti-gun senator out of Jersey City. Now, what happened with Sandra Cunningham was her husband was the mayor of Jersey City for quite some time. And after he passed away unexpectedly, she ran for a state Senate seat. And guess what? She got it. So she has two previous DWIs. Well, on March 4th at 10 a.m. in the morning, Sandra Cunningham, 70 years old, came around a turn and smashed into two parked cars. Nice. When she came out of the car and she wasn't doing well in her field sobriety test, she starts asking for the public safety director, James Shea from jersey city and the cops are like um what do you need the safety director for well i can see you're you're trying to allude to something about me here so i think that your boss should be here <laughs> the cop the cops didn't do it the cops didn't call him like he was going to come down and on all there was like eight body camps taping this all the time and all she kept doing was name dropping and telling them who she was because why she's the first here, right If she ran over a four-year-old or six-year-old kid walking to school that morning... (laughs) tough shit. The peasants should not have been in the street. Absolutely. Sure. Right? She's driving around drunk at 10 o'clock in the morning. This is her third DWI. Like, no one gives a shit anymore. This makes, like, page 67 of the local news, because obviously the local news, it's blue journalism. They want to protect the Democrats at any at any cost, but the nerve of her, this is a 70-year-old woman who's a grandmother. This is her third DWI. Come on, honey. All the money that she's making and kicked Backs and donations and everything else, and you know her uh, her slush fund, her campaign slush fund. Get a driver. Right. Seriously, you know, I mean, right. see, you're going to kill if, if, somebody. If you're going to Jer- get
0: that blotto all the time,
1: ten in the morning, Jersey City's densely populated city. For you people outside the New York metropolitan area, it's Jersey City's worse than New York in some areas. Oh yeah, she, you know, there's kids that get, you know, kids crossing the street or something. She's stone drunk. She told the cops, I, I thought I drove into a snowbank. There's no snow on the ground. It was May. <laughs> she drove into two parked cars. She said she thought it was a snowbank. <laughs> I thought it was a snowman in May. She's a state Uh, senator. I mean, Jesus. Anyway, this is a lawmaker, right? They're lawmakers. Meanwhile, she's a lawbreaker. It, it, it's, it's amazing. The first tier can do anything they want. The second tier, the illegals and the criminals, can do anything they want. And we, the third tier, it's all backwards. It's all upside down. On a second note, I just got back. I was in Orlando for seven days. Ladies and gentlemen, I used to be four hundred and twenty pounds. I'm now two hundred and sixty-five pounds. I was at one time I was down to about two hundred forty. So I've gained about twenty-five pounds over the past eight years since I had gastric sleeve surgery. An observation I made when I was in Orlando for seven days, we are too effing fat in this country. Yeah. yeah. Sandy, listen, I've walked in those shoes for fifty five years and I'm still fat, okay? I'm not morbidly obese anymore. I'm still fat. But there are so many people morbidly obese, super obese, in jazzies and walking and huffing and puffing in this country. And and it's true. We're like the Roman Empire, the rise and fall of the Roman Empire. I mean, we're probably the only country in the world where the poor or or obese, right?
0: Yes, you're
1: right. Right in other countries, when you're the poor are not obese, no, they're still, they're malnourished yeah, right yeah, yeah, we're the only country where people that make under twenty thousand dollars a year are fat, and I just you know i, I just, it's just horrible i'm 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 seeing these people you know five six, seven hundred pounds, and you know it's just a it's we all know it's not healthy, I remember what it used to feel like to be you know that big and that unhealthy but it's just more and more I see it, and it's uh, it's disheartening, you know. And I know, you know, the big food companies and the fast food companies own us, and everything has to be salty and greasy, and it tastes good. And you know, we talk about this all the time. You get a burger for ninety nine cent, but a salad is eleven dollars, right? Yeah. You know, so it's it's easy. It's cheaper to eat poor nourishment type foods, and you know, uh, sugar water. You know, um, any type of beverage or, you know, people uh, go into Starbucks and they get themselves a Frappuccino or something, and the thing's 3,000 calories. Right. Where your daily caloric intake is supposed to be 2,000 for the whole day. <laughs> and the friggin' thing that you drank has a day and a half's worth of calories in it, and you still got four or five meals to go. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, well, yeah, I'm big on first and second breakfast. I'm big on first and second lunch, and then I'm big on a dinner, and then I like me snacky. So I eat, I eat like six times a day, you know, uh, but I don't eat five slices of pizza each sitting. I eat six times a day, but I eat. Smaller portions six times a day because if I don't eat every two and a half, three hours, I want to kill somebody. That's right. You know, and I've learned restraint. You know, uh, Tracy and I, we go away, we split a dessert. You know, I'll have a cocktail once in a while for dinner and I order a salad instead of a fried. I I don't remember the last time I had fried calamari. I, I love that. Yeah, but yeah. I won't eat it anymore. You know, if somebody orders it at a table, I'll have one or two pieces. But... does it
0: bother you when you have that? I mean, the yeah, the oil. Yeah, yeah
1: I can I I've my mother, my mother's still alive, listeners, and my mother when I was young used to tell me eat everything you want when you're young because yeah. when you're old you won't be able to eat it. Uh bingo, winner winner chicken dinner. Yeah, it's uh, true. Yeah, I can't eat really hot, like, fiery, spicy chili. Yeah, me
0: either anymore, yeah.
1: Right, and there's a certain, like, f- certain fried foods. You know, like, I, I, in my day, I might have consumed a funnel cake or 12. Uh, <laughs> now I smell it, it makes me nauseous. Yeah, wow. So, uh, so in other news, I want to get back into it, but, yeah, we're, we're too fat. Oh, uh, most of the jazzies that I saw in Orlando were definitely over the gross vehicle weight requirement. Uh, you know, the, the the tires were about to burst on a lot of them, and it's just it's just not good. Um, you know, we're we're such a big society now. We have drive-through everything. Do they have drive-through funeral parlors yet, Sandy? No, but they should. Right, pull up to the window. Bye, pops. Ah, excuse me. All right, let's talk a little bit here. Couple of things. Cam Edwards posted a good thing. Pennsylvania court strikes down town's ban on gun ranges and the reason this is important is um, Cam wrote that this he wrote this for bearing arms which he's the chief editor by the way great guy Uh, the case still has a way to go before it's finally decided but second amendment supporters did win a big legal victory on Thursday when Pennsylvania's Commonwealth Court of Appeals ruled that Stroud Township's ban on home gun ranges violated Second Amendment rights of a resident who had a private range on his property but was forbidden from using it after the ban took effect. All right, now, what's nice about this is that uh, the court... A trial court originally ruled in favor of the township, but the Court of Appeals sent the case back to the judge with instructions to consider all the plaintiff's arguments, including his claim that the ordinance violated his Second Amendment rights. Of course, the judge still said, no, we're gonna close the range, so it went back to the appeals court, and the appeals court said, no, we're gonna let him, we're gonna let him open the range. Now, the, the part about this is good, is that uh, they, they, they looked at this uh, case and they used intermediate scrutiny which is something we're trying to get the supreme court to adhere to either intermediate or the uh, the one the one above that strict scrutiny uh with 2A cases something Clarence Thomas and Brett Kavanaugh publicly stated in their dissents to denials of cases on uh second amendment cases so this case you know small cases like this have a history of setting precedent for uh Bigger cases, so it's working its way up the 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 courts, and uh, it's actually good for us. And I just wanted to thank Cam for um, for getting that out there for me. Now, the other thing is, uh, we broke more records again, Uh, more record gun sales. Sandy, (laughs) I mean, it's hard to even believe. Listen to me, even the New York Times uh, weighed in. They (laughs) they they called it an arms race. Okay. And the, the thing about it is most of the new buyers are millennials and women. Wow. All right. And in 2020, the FBI processed 39.7 million firearms background checks, the most of any year since the agency started recording. This was in 2020. <laughs> so far, 2021 ended 30% above that. So another thirty million uh, another three excuse me for another twelve million on top of that thirty nine million so fifty one million background checks. Jeez. And each month after that has broke the previous month's record, including April of 2021, just broke a record again. It's just one time after another. Gun sales just continued to soar. It was a 60% increase in 2020 from 2019. All right. And over 25 percent of those people were first time gun buyers, women, black, Hispanics, millennials wanted to start packing guns before the lockdowns Um, is not necessarily a bad thing either way. It shows the changing face of gun ownership in America. I think it's great that the the face is changing of gun ownership in New Jersey, I mean, in the United States. And here's the thing. I still think, you know, and Sandy, you talk about this, that not many of them are going to become active or they're going to become two-way advocates or maybe vote differently. But I think even if a small percentage of it does and they're loud and proud, it can help us all. Yeah. Yes, I agree. So, you know, background checks are up. Sales are up tremendously. The gun manufacturers can't keep up. The ammo manufacturers cannot keep up. In the end, this is going to be good for all of us. Now, Newsmax did a story. Believe it or not, they did some polls. The Reload did a poll. Quinnipiac University. Only a mere 34% of respondents to their poll approved of Biden's gun policies, while 49% disapproved. This is a Quinnipiac poll. All right. The poll was conducted by The Economist and YouGov for Quinnipiac, and it had, oh, another poll had similar results. 34% backed his firearms policy and 47% expressed disapproval. Biden got his second lowest marks on the issue about guns in the Quinnipiac poll, and respondents to the Economist survey gave him lower marks on firearms than any other issue. Biden's approval on guns was 15 points and 17 points lower than his overall approval rating. So the majority of the people are starting to understand that it, this, we need more gun control, we need more gun control, is not the answer it it's not the answer it's it's just them using their terminology to pull people strings for an outright ban of guns that's what's coming to fruition here i think people are starting to wake up and starting to understand that It's not gun control that's going to do it. All of these shootings that happen all over the country are not being perpetuated by law-abiding citizens. It's criminals. And, you know, again, we're preaching to the proverbial choir here. But I think something that we have been awoken to 30, 40 years ago, I think the millennials and other younger people are starting to realize, holy shit, they're leading me— a bunch of crap. They're letting me eat crap. Sandy, I talked about this. How about all the people that applied and realized that the media and the politicians have been lying to them for 10, 20, 30 years that it's not easier to buy a laptop, a gun, than it is a laptop? How many people had that awakening? That's right. Every single new gun owner that walks into my range describes to me the horrific process that they had to go through. Even if it was a police department that adhered to the 30-day window, the new applicants still could not believe the process. So these people are going to be like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. It's not, it, it's not the law-abiding citizens because I know what the process is now. So our politicians, when they get their asses out on the podium and they start knocking us and how easy it is to buy a gun, because Biden talks about that, too. You know, he sounds like Obama 2.0. He talks about how easy it is to buy a gun. All of these new gun owners, 20, 30, 40 million new gun owners are like, wait a minute, you're lying. Before, they had nothing to compare it to. They didn't know he was lying. They didn't know our anti-gun politicians, our gun grabbers were lying. Now they know.
0: It is it is easier of course in free states, you know, like New Hampshire and and many states in the south. But there still is not wander into the store, I'll take two packs of gum and a forty four magnum. You still need a nix check. Yes. You Everybody. still
1: need to show ID, right. proof of residency yep. and a nix check. That's right. Which a nix check is anybody here ever been pulled over before? we're a background <laughs> check on you. That's right. Right. The easiest state requires a nick check to purchase from an FFL. The worst state would be New York or New Jersey, where they make stuff up. Yeah, right. Okay, where they make stuff up. I get letters all the time. Where they put layer after layer after layer. Yep. I want a a copy of a bill. I want your driver's license. I want your passport. I want your proof of citizenship. None of that is required, but they will. To your neighbor. Yeah, an an, an, avida- an affidavit from your landlord that it's okay for you to have guns <laughs> yeah, on their gun. property. Right, that's one of my favorites.
0: That's yeah, like it's any, um, like it's any, any business of the, your landlord whether you have a firearm yeah. or can protect yourself or not. Correct.
1: For many people walking into a range the first time, it's quite intimidating. So when you walk in through the double doors, the first thing you'll see on your left is a concierge. And inside our 25-yard range, we have 13 ports. Those ports are even wider than the 50-yard range. Both ranges have full-time range safety officers. In case you have any questions or concerns, they're there to help you. Crank
0: it on, crank it up. Let's go crank it up, crank it up. It's For Hire Radio.
1: Okay, we're back. Okay, some housekeeping. So the books will be in Monday at noon when we open. We will start shipping Monday. Take a couple of days it'll take. I literally there's like. 5,000 books that have to be signed by me and either shipped out or picked up. I can't thank you all enough. I hope you enjoy the book. Post a picture, or whatever. Pass it on to friends and family. Uh, by the fall, uh, the book will be available on Kindle and Audible, but buy the paperback now. It's really cool. It's a great reference to have. Order some from friends or family or whatever. I would appreciate it. Support those who support you. Uh, I was in Orlando uh, two Fridays in a row. I didn't have my vegan food from Marty's V-Burger. Marty's v Burger. Support those who support you. Remember, you can order at martysvburger.com or you can pick up in New Jersey at Freakin' Vegans in Prospect Park on Freakin' Fridays. My guy, Peter Tillam from nytacdefense.com. Go on NYTACDefense.com, use promotional code GUNFORHIRE. If you live anywhere in New York, that is the legal insurance that you're going to need. If you live in the other 49 states, you want U.S. Law Shield. Go to U.S. Law Shield and um, use GUNFORHIRE or GUNFORHIRE radio in the code as well, and you will also get a 10% discount there. They started their seminars again. Uh, We just did one, and now we're going to be doing a few more. My buddy's book, Decoding Firearms by John Petrolino, is available on uh, Amazon. It's also available here in the uh, Gun For Hire uh, Pro Shop. Legal Blade, Knife Law 2.0, is out. And Knife Rights, Their Ultimate Steel 2021, is out. I'm um, giving away a book and a knife uh, signed, a beautiful Hogue knife. I'll have a picture for that next week. Don't forget Gun Lawyer Podcast, Evan Knappen, exposing the truth about the laws designed to strip you of your freedom. Do not forget to check out the Quarantine Crawl, 325 Pro 2A businesses. It's our Chamber of Commerce. And uh, Mama Yolanda's discount sauces is on the quarantine crawl. You get 15% off if you mention Gun For Hire or Gun For Hire Radio. Check out their sauces. The marinara sauce is excellent. I haven't tried the pasta vaca sauce yet, but have your people contact my people. Mid-July is the date for the new range edition to be opening. It's going to be two new ranges, one member range, 15 ports, one non-member range, 10 ports. We will have rubber track. So you can shoot steel jacket, steel core, bimetal, and green tip ammo We will have pop-up quarantine crawl food every weekend We will have a large lounge, refreshment, and retail area 220 parking spaces We will have a members buyers club And many, many more surprises When phase two opens next year We will have two more ranges Meeting rooms, party rooms, and a 6,000 square foot cigar lounge How do you like that? I like that Eh? a lot. So do I. So, some letters and stuff, okay? Well, first of all, we got some donations. Got a bunch of donations. Oh, Chuck Leonard and I are doing NRA instructor classes. On the 12th, it's uh, BIT. On the 19th, it's pistol instructor. July 10th, range safety officer. July 11th, chief range safety officer. And we always, once a month, offer the Utah non-resident CCW class. We do everything for you here, uh, including mail in the application. So Matthew but more donations to win the dory. Danny Barrio, more donations. Uh, Powell, my friend Powell, he made a bunch of donations and he goes, here are a few copies of the donations for the groups that fight for our rights along with you. Probably will stop by today at the range to practice. As usual, love your show and humor and more and more truth. You guys exposing, risking a lot. Keep up the great work you do for us bitches. P.S. Double set of <laughs> underwear in the pool doesn't work. You So you can't wear two pairs of underwear and pee in the pool. Powell says it doesn't work. Doesn't work. Damn. <laughs> Uh, Jim Howard donated again, more. Everybody wants to win the Spartan Dory. If you make a donation to any of the 2A groups that I listed, which is CNJFO, ANJRPC, NJ2AS, uh, SAF, and Firearms Policy Conference, make donations. Every donation you make to any of those groups. Get you a uh, raffle to win uh, the Spartan Dory, signed by me, autographed, put a picture, and a first edition, crime-proof, think like a criminal and beat them at their own game. I like when I'm in Florida and I get uh, emails like this. Hi, Anthony. I was at your range today with my daughter. And I always explain to her why I drive an extra half hour each way to your range instead of the other range, which is closer. I explain why it's important to support those who support you. But today I realized another reason I go to your range. Your staff is amazing. Every time I'm there, they treat me like family. They treat me with respect and are always so nice to my guests. I think he's your manager, always helping people there have a great time. Today, he was going to hook me up because I was with my 11-year-old daughter, and I didn't have time to wait. I'm a silver member, and he was going to treat me like a gold member. I didn't even really know the difference in memberships. After he was so kind, I upgraded to gold, and the big guy, younger guy, range officer, always greets me and treats my guests like royalty. Tony, your instructor, is always willing to answer questions and has a great attitude. All your staff is great, but those guys stand out. Just thought you should know from an average Joe how great your staff is and how appreciative I am for all you do for us. James Lakey. Thank you, James. We appreciate that. You gotta go out. You're only as good as your people. Yep. And you know, and I'm very I'm very blessed that I have a good staff and they all know the vibe from the top down is to treat people with respect and leave them with a positive impression when you're shooting. That's why when Sandy started talking years ago about each one, reach one, always bring people to a range that you approve of, okay? very important, very, very Uh, important. One that a bathroom you would go to and, you know, the whole bit, (laughs) and the staff is is friendly because that's their first impression and you want it to be a positive one. And we have
0: been to many a place that wasn't.
1: Yes. Uh, This is another one from uh, Paul Alonghi, Esquire. Anthony, I applied for a pistol a bit May 24th. My two references completed their questionnaires the same day. I received an email confirmation June 3rd and a call from the police department letting me know that the permit was approved and the email confirmation should be in my inbox. The Clark PD, especially Debbie in the Detective Bureau, has been a pleasure to deal with over the past 20 years. The wait time for approvals in Clark, even when they were backlogged, was nothing compared to what most people encounter in other towns. Paul Alonghi, Esquire. Hey, Paul, how about this one from Tariq uh, Bandeli? I'm a frequent listener to your weekly show. I took the NRA basics of pistol shooting at gunfire last fall and thoroughly enjoyed myself. I do intend to take the beginner shotgun course soon. He signed up for it already. I am sending you this email because in one of your recent shows, you asked about those who were being stalled in their attempt to att- obtain their FID card and permit the purchase. My fiancé currently resides in Patterson. Up, oh, red flag there. There's Patterson a and Passaic are bad. Yep. She completed her application for a firearms ID card and permit to purchase paperwork on September of 2020, Sandy. Oh, my God. Over the next few months, she had called the Patterson Police Department to inquire about the status of her application. She was told that the process could be lengthy one and that <sighs> her application was being processed. This became the standard response over the next several months that she would receive. After attempting to speak to either the police captain or chief or anyone from the department that processes the applications, could you imagine nobody will pick up? You're a taxpayer. Right, right. And you can't call the police department and ask a question. No, no. And if you do, they're going to hold it against you. Correct. So she finally spoke to someone June 1st. She was then advised that she needed to fax her W 2 form what? as well as a copy of her driver's license. Are you serious? Yeah, illegal. I currently reside in Hackensack, New Jersey, and when I apply for my FID card and permit to purchase paperwork, it didn't take a full month from completing the application to the fingerprint process for me to receive my card. I have never heard of an applicant having to provide their W. Oh, I have heard of it. (laughs) Tariq Bandeli, I have heard of it. It is illegal. So I I emailed Tariq the forms, the uh, J-Factor forms. Yeah, uh, from uh, New Jersey Firearms Owner Syndicate to send to the police chief. And I told him to be calling everybody and be respectful and nice like we deliver. Else, and please keep us posted uh, on this. All right. We, I want to know what's going on. But, yeah, so two years she's waiting now. A right delayed is a right denied. I'm assuming his girlfriend is a law-abiding, tax-paying citizen, and she's being made to wait two years to exercise a constitutional right. This is what we deal with in New Jersey every day. Meanwhile, what's going on in New Jersey? California AG defends their magazine ban in a new court filing because they're afraid the Supreme Court's going to take it. Of course, Gruul jumps on top of that, too. Sure, yeah. and RAG, he can't help himself, Sandy. No, he, really he, can't. he can't help he himself. Can't. He's, he's been accused of misusing his office to extort and shut down out-of-state gun firms. And John Petrolino from Bearing Arms just wrote an article. New Jersey's been under investigation. Uh, for SAF investigative journalist branch Lee Williams reported about a gross misuse of the office to the Attorney General in his piece Williams points towards New Jersey attacking a company that is based in Florida over alleged shipments and sales of so-called high capacity magazines to buyers in New Jersey the whole situation stinks of targeted and purposeful entrapment All right, what he's doing Grubel he's trying to uh, entrap out of state companies to, to screw up so he can get them closed down. And a couple of times now, a judge has ruled against him. Because you know why Gruel has so much time to do this? Because New Jersey is completely fixed, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, yeah, we true. have no crime. No we have problem. no criminal problems. <laughs> no. We have no graft problems by no. our politicians. No, no, no. no kickback problems no. in any of our government agencies. Okay, clean, squeaky clean. New Jersey is 100% perfect. And our AG, first-tier AG, has so much free time <laughs> that he is going out of state to do things. Because he's not the Attorney General of New Jersey. He is the federal Attorney General in his mind. He's a legend in his own mind. So he's being attacked here for doing this too. So it's entrapment. Evan Knappen has been talking about this for the longest time. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm so dehydrated. Airplane travel. Yeah. United has the dirtiest planes and dirtiest terminals, by the way. But that's another story. So he has nothing else to do, so his job is to try to shut down out-of-state businesses, because we don't have any in-state businesses. The only we only have a, the only in-state business <laughs> we have is left. Henry. Yeah. Henry.
0: Yeah, right. That's right. Is is Henry still staying in New Jersey, or are they going to move?
1: Uh Henry. He has to stay for right now. Yeah. He has he has to stay right now. You know our magazine case in New Jersey. Yeah. We have twenty-four state attorney generals signed on. Uh, the brief for our uh, magazine case, that's an RPC case. Nice. 24 other AGs have signed on to our case asking the Supreme Court to hear it. Okay, Arizona, Louisiana, Alabama, Alaska, Arkansas, Georgia, Idaho, Indiana, Kansas, Kentucky, Mississippi, Missouri, Montana, Nebraska, North and South Dakota, Ohio, Oklahoma, South Carolina, Tennessee, Texas, Utah, West Virginia, and Wyoming. They're all saying that we should get rid of the what they call a large capacity magazine. It should be standard capacity magazine. Having this patchwork of state to state, boy, oh boy, I would love within the next year to hear the Supreme Court take that case as well. And you know what? You never know. Yeah, you don't know. You, you, you really never know. And meanwhile, while we're doing this, right, New Jersey, New York, and New Jersey restaurants are consider continuing to struggle. Sandy, oh, especially sure. New York. Yeah. Uh, first of all, they can't get help. Right. Uh second of all, you know, there's mass shaming going on and, and I saw a p okay, so I'm in Orlando in a resort, a father and two sons walking alongside the pool with their swim trunks on, all three wearing black masks. Come on. Two minutes later they were in the water up to their waist with their masks still on in the pool. Are you serious? <laughs> yep.
0: Oh, yep. when is it gonna end? Yep. The misinformation is just so horrible. Yep. Uh
1: I got another one from Doctor Kent a teacher pulls out concealed carry gun and stops suspected kidnapper from inducting a young girl in wow. utah Boy, gary Mistrangelo loves utah gary you're gonna love this so the teacher was watching the girl 11 year old girl in the playground and a guy put his hands on her in an attempt to take her he okay the teacher ran outside and confronted the subs- suspect and the suspect had an edged weapon, and the teacher pulled out a uh, concealed firearm. And the suspect let the girl go and fled. He was later apprehended. A win, a win, a that win. That never happens. A win, a, w- a w- no, no. It never <laughs> happens. Uh, it, it never happens. I wanna I want to talk some learning. Uh, first, first thing I want to talk about is uh, this is going to go into the stupid archives. And then we're going to talk about something very important uh, in learning, uh, especially when it comes to political activism. But this one is uh, going to be really good. Florida boy, 10, shot after dad agreed to take him on a mock drive by using a paintball gun. What? You ready for this? A 10-year-old Miami boy was shot after his father took him on a faux driving by shooting with a paintball gun and a frightened homeowner returned fire with real bullets. Oh, yeah. Michael Williams, this is another one. Michael Williams is 26, Uh and he gave it to his son. His son is 10, so he was 16 when he had his son.
0: 26 with the mind of a
1: 12-year-old. Okay. So him and his son put hoodies on and um, masks on their faces. (laughs) And they drove through the streets in Opalaka, and the son from the passenger side window was firing a paintball gun at houses they had ski masks and hoodies on and apparently what alternate universe is this okay and apparently they shot a few people so a homeowner thought his house and his family was being shot at he returned fire i don't have the full balance the kid got shot the 10 year old kid got shot (laughs) he's in hospital recovering the father got arrested Let's have a mock drive-by shooting. What could possibly go wrong? There's just no shortage of stupid I in mean, this country. There just really is no shortage of stupid. So that's <laughs> that's my idiot learning thing. You probably shouldn't. <laughs> you probably shouldn't do that. Now well, the other thing, know,
0: I, I got to go with Darwin on this.
1: Darwinism, yes. Yeah. All right, guys and girls, you remember for many, many years, everybody Yumba yeah, broken record, just move, right, Sandy? Yep. This was an extensive article in Breitbart, and uh, it was very, very interesting. And I read it about ten times. And uh, it was written by Jeff Hunt, and he's the co-chairman of the twelfth annual Western Conservative Summit. But everybody should listen to this because everybody tells us to just move. And the headline is, The American West is Shifting to the Left. Okay, the American West has always exuded a spirit of rugged individualism, united by the common bonds of hard work and dedication to faith, family, and freedom. However, that spirit is quickly disappearing as political ideologies shift to the left, threatening the very essence of what makes the West great. The change began on the coast with California, Oregon, and Washington, once the very definition of the great American West, failing to leftist ideologies. At first, it seemed like a joke. We dismissed it as the left coast. Yet, in the 2020 presidential election, Democrats not only won the left coast, they also won Nevada, Arizona, New Mexico, and Colorado. Joe Biden beat Trump by nearly 7 million votes in the West. And that's when you include Texas. Where is our Western conservatism, conservatism? And how can we fight to return the spirit of the West to the United States? All right, and then he goes on to talk about this, but we have, the, the reason that we have a trajectory to the left is a tax on the energy industry, for example, directly threatens the energy independence our country achieved. In Colorado, regulators are doing everything they can to stop new gas and oil drilling permits. Our governor touts shutting down the state's coal plants. These actions cost our states thousands of jobs, tax revenue to our schools, and a bright future for many Coloradans. By the way, a recent study demonstrated that marijuana growing operations cause more problems for global warming than coal plants do. A fact ignored by the leftists. The states are also seeing attacks on our Second Amendment rights. Colorado already has high-capacity magazine bans, red-flag laws, and now lawmakers will allow counties to come up with their own gun laws. Imagine a mom driving a few counties over to take her daughter to a soccer game, violating multiple gun laws simply by driving while trying to keep her family safe. The West without any guns? That's the direction our states are headed. The American West can't develop its land because the federal government owns over 50% of the land. The people closest to the land who work the land, rely on the land, have to defer to their decisions made by the people in suits in Washington, D.C., who have never set foot in the western United States. That's right. What are we to do to fight back against the leftist surge in America's West? First, we organize. You need to attend. He has a Western Conservative Summit in Denver, Colorado, and he talks about what you will learn at that summit. But the the crux of it, I read this, is think about this, ladies and gentlemen. We lost Nevada, Arizona, New Mexico, Colorado, and now we're getting ready to lose Texas. Everybody says move. So where are you going to move? This is why I stand and fight, not only because I'm dumb. (laughs) Right. You know what I mean? Not because I'm dumb. All right, we we I can't I can't stress this more. If you're if you're stuck in the state that you're stuck in, like I am, I have a business and family here. I can only travel to Florida and Tennessee and dream. If you're stuck, then you should be doing everything you possibly can to fight. And when people post in social media that you should move, you tell them, "Oh, really? What state are you from?" And maybe you can bring to light. What's go, what? What plague is spreading to their state as well? It's listen. Texas is going to go purple. Uh, going to go blue way before Florida, but it's going to go blue. Oh, definitely. Okay. Everybody yeah. talks about Texas and rugged individualism, and I get a gun when I'm eight years old and stuff. Yeah. Let's see what Austin, Dallas, and Houston think about that. That's right.
0: Absolutely. You can't even. You, I, I mean, and it's getting worse and worse by the day.
1: They have all the votes. And now with the pandemic that hit, yeah. uh, with, with COVID, so many people are moved, moving and working remote. I mean, look at Musk is moving to Texas. Right. Tesla's moving stuff to Texas. Yep. You know, all of these people, uh, all of these ugly are opening up their monopolistic businesses in these states because the tax base is lower and the freedom is easier and it's enticing. But they're going to change it. They can't help themselves. Liberalism is a mental disorder. It destroys everything in its path like a forest fire, yeah. and they don't yeah. learn from it. No, they don't. No. Okay, northern Massachusetts has literally almost ruined complete New Hampshire because they all moved over the border to southern New Hampshire yeah. to escape the crap, and then they brought the crap there.
0: Right. And they voted the same way, and they did the same, and they did the same thing that they did that caused the collapse of where they were.
1: Look at Delaware. Delaware's gun laws have all of a sudden gone crazy, and they were good laws for the longest time. Easy to get a carry permit, et cetera, et cetera. And now Delaware is almost gone. Right. One state at a time, they're dropping. Atlanta is on the cusp. North Carolina is on the cusp. South Carolina. Wh- where, where are we going to, guys? Ladies and gentlemen, where are we going?
0: North Carolina has passed over.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. South Carolina's way. on the cusp. Yeah. Where where are we going, ladies and gentlemen? To answer the question, when people say, just move. Listen, meanwhile, it's states like us, like New York and New Jersey, California and Hawaii and Massachusetts. We've been launching the damn lawsuits and trying to get some to stick at the Supreme Court. Right. It's us that are trying to change it for everybody federally. If we were to all move to a red state or a purple state to get out, who's going to be left to fight? Oh, that's right. Just us idiots that decided not to move maybe because we couldn't for personal or professional reasons. That's right. And then they also say, well, it's our fault that we have the laws that we have. Yeah, a lot of it is our fault because of the Lautenberg Act and crap like that. But let's turn it around now. Every Your states are going bad. Your states are pitching bad gun bills every day now. All of these states that were traditionally red are pitching. Listen, they just did yeah, cinema and what's his name? Uh... uh Gabby Giffords' husband, he's a he's a senator in uh, he's an anti gun senator, Arizona. Right. Okay. I I mean, seriously, you look at we fight to hold the line. You guys are losing more and more ground than we are in the supposed red states, pro gun states. Right. Think about it. That's We're holding right. the line, and, right. and and they're losing. That's right, incrementally. Well, I can still have fifteen round magazines, yeah, but meanwhile, there's thirty seven bills being introduced to take away your shit.
0: And we, I think it's because the, you know, it, it's such an insidious creep that people who are living in a free state really don't see how bad it is. We, you know, we've been under fire our whole lives so we're we're used to the fact that the the government wants to strip us of our rights at every chance they get but people who live in a free state they can't see it creeping up
1: correct we're good for now we're yeah, good for now you right. know death by a thousand cuts yeah yeah. yeah, we're good for now my ass. Eventually it's going to be gone. We fight every day for what little we have, you know. Uh meanwhile, we're we're corrupt from the top to the bottom. Look at we don't even have three branches of the government anymore. We yeah. have one. Right. Exactly. We have one branch of the government. Yep. All of our judges that have been appointed for the past 40 years in New Jersey are, have all been appointed by Dems. Even Christie, most of the ones he uh, appointed were because they never would have gotten confirmed. They're all liberals. So all of our judges are shot in New Jersey. They have a super majority in the Assembly and the Senate. And Coglan, the Speaker of the House, and Sweeney, the Senate President, made some kind of deal with Murphy for jobs or something for their families or friends or whatever because they just gave up more of their legislative balance powers. Right. So look what we have in New Jersey. Holy shit. And we're out number two to one. We have two million – Democrats to 1 million Republicans and 1 million independents. And that's growing because we just keep letting illegals in and we're going to let illegals vote, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Right. You know, right. it's just, you know, because we know that's why, that's why the, the southern border is wide open because it's all for future votes. We're just going to flood the country till everybody votes the same way because they're all part of the uh, second tier. Right. So it's a first here we're being squeezed out. That's why you could go to New Jersey Motor Vehicles as an illegal yep. and with show two things and get a driver's license. And New Jersey, as a resident, we have to go through the point system and show four things to get a driver's license.
0: Or if you just pick up the red phone, you can do it without showing anything. Ask any person of, uh, uh, who has crawled across the border who wants to get... Uh, a driver's license or registration done.
1: It's all rigged. Yeah. It's it's all rigged. It's all rigged against us. What do you got a
0: party going on over there?
1: It's uh, in the VIP lounge. There's wow. a bunch of uh, MMA wrestlers, professional MMA wrestlers, fighting in the each VIP other? rounds tonight. No, and, and their spouses. Ah. They're, they're all in there. They had some kind of uh, uh, event tonight, corporate event tonight, Very and nice. all of these, all of these MMA guys, they're all like between five six and five nine, like 130, 145 <laughs> pounds. <laughs> Holy crap! <laughs> you know what I'm talking about, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, right. yeah, 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 yeah. One giant yeah, muscle. Yeah, yeah. I stay like twelve feet. Away from them.
0: Yeah, I know they can. Yeah, they're, they're like rubber bands.
1: Yeah, I'll end up in one of those pretzel moves or something. <laughs> 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 oh, I, I am so I can't even begin to tell you, uh, guys and girls. I am so psyched that my book uh, came in. Uh, It's not available on Amazon uh, because, again, Amazon gets 70% of your profits on printed matter. Amazon owns 89% of the printed book distribution market. That's right. Barnes & Noble owns 5%, and independent booksellers own 6%. So Amazon has worse rates than organized crime. Yeah, absolutely right. And the Kindle and the Audible, Amazon gets 80% on that. And Audible gets 80% of the profits, by the way. So, right now, it's just the paperback. I ordered 10,000. You 10, do all the work, they
0: make all the money
1: correct i uh, i had 10000 books printed self published etc cetera, etc sold about 5300 books so far sandy which i'm autographing uh, over the entire weekend and like i said monday the 7th at noon uh, justin's going to start shipping them out and i'm going to be signing them all and people can come in and pick them up and i just want to say thank you uh, order now crimeproofbook.com and i will autograph them sandy let's talk about your charity please vh okay. Yes,
0: we are uh, raising money to provide care to homebound veterans and uh, veterans with memory problems. Uh, I want to thank Marty K. again, uh, Robert B. Jerry F., uh, who is anonymous and Izzy. Thank you so much uh, for your donations for this week. Uh, five bucks, ten bucks, anything you guys can do. GoFundMe.com, VHS of Ocean County. VHS of Ocean County. Visiting Health Services of Ocean County. We thank you so much for everybody who has donated. Remember, guys, each one, reach one, uh, and buy a copy of Crime Proof for a Friend and give it to him as a gift. Great, great book. Get it now and keep them safe. Anthony, anything else?
1: I love you all a little bit.
0: <laughs> well, it looks like you've done it again. You've wasted yet another perfectly good hour listening to Gun For High Radio. Gun For High Radio is a kind of media production. The music used in this broadcast was managed by Cosmo Music New York, New York. On behalf of our show host, Master Trainer Anthony Calandro, and the rest of the crew here at Gun for Radio, we do thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for listening. We will see you again next week. shine